1: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz and the Seahawks fell in week 17 to the San Francisco 49ers 26 to 21 in a pretty thrilling game that came down to the final plays of the game and here to join me to talk about it Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Nathan, how are you recovering from those final tense moments of the game?
0: It's it's stressful. Like uh I don't I don't know it Those games like that, uh, they really uh, push you to your limits, you know, in terms of like, just like, how much can I take before I want to walk, literally walk out of this room so I can't see it? You know, it's like, that's how stressful it gets. And then my son, who's two, is starting to like understand what's going on. So he's just (laughs) clapping like crazy and yelling at the screen because he sees how like intensely into it I am. And it's just stress. It's like escalating my stress even more. (laughs) It's It's having the opposite effect I think he wants. So it's like, it was just crazy. It's nice that you have some
1: support system there. You just need to train him correctly. And I feel like after a loss like this, we we all need a little bit of support. And, uh, you know, there's one thing you know, before we get going, there's one thing I want to run by you. It's a, it's a little idea, Nathan, that I have for the offseason. Okay. This offseason, the NFL should come up with a rule of, of some sort to review, like an obvious pass interference penalty that comes, you know, in the final seconds of the game. I, I just wonder if they could do something like that. I I
0: think that it's, it's, it's easy to, to go straight to that, right? Because it was definitely something that, I mean, he's obvious, it's obvious pass interference. He clearly inter- uh, interfered with the ability to get k- Jacob Hollister's ability to catch the ball. It's very obvious, but you have to look at the game as a totality and in a, in a close game like this, every little thing matters. And there was a million little things that we messed up on the way there, or that we could have done better on the way there that, that really could have changed the, the, this game, it was on the razor's edge like that, you know, yeah. so it's, I mean, just as much as that, we self-inflicted a wound there where we gave up a really stupid uh, delay of game penalty while we're on the, you know, six inch line. Right. That was, that, I, I really thought we were heading towards like re- the full redemption arc where Marshawn punches <laughs> another one in from the one. I was like losing my mind. And, and that would have
1: been a great time for it. Yeah. That, you know, that's probably the one that I go to that I have the biggest problem with I, there's so many that you could get into in those final seconds. I, you know what? I want to even go back even before that, because with the 49ers having the ball, the Seahawks able to stop them, but it was with the help of a personal foul play that, you know, they, they kind of credited to the crowd noise a little bit because the, the center was blocking downfield, apparently didn't hear the whistle kept going. It puts the 49ers in a third and 17 and, and still, you know, a little dump off to the running back and they're still one yard short, but with two and a half minutes left to play, Russell Wilson getting the ball back the way he'd been driving down the field for, you know, the last few minutes. Did you have any doubt in your mind that it was going to come down to,
0: to this type of moment in the end of the game? So the thing is, is you think back to uh, three or four years ago when Aaron Rodgers was at his absolute peak, and it seemed like in every game the Packers would play, he'd get the ball with two minutes left and they'd score immediately. You know, they'd always score and they'd always come back in it. And I was always wondering, like, what would it be like to have that quarterback who you and we have that guy now? That's what it's like. It's just like that, where every time Russell listens the ball, there's two minutes left and there's one score game. I'm like, dang, we're about to score like this is this is really going to happen like, but this game, obviously, we felt just short. You know, the magic, the magic ran out. But I mean, what do we have? Uh, 10, 10 one score wins this year. I think he had seven game winning drives. I mean, it was just an incredible season for Russell Wilson, an MVP caliber season. And I don't think you can let just this one game uh, really sour any of that. I mean, he's been everything you could have wanted him to be and more this year. It's just an incredible run by Russell Wilson, and uh, it sucks that we it sucks he couldn't get one more because I would have loved to have the home game and go down there and watch us play Minnesota next week, but instead we get to go to a stadium we've already won in, so that's not too bad of a consolation prize.
1: It's not too bad. And we do have the opportunity if the Seahawks get a win in Philly, then, you know, it, it leads to some potential revenge scenarios down the road. But we'll we'll get to those. I, let's talk a little bit more about after the two minute warning, because Russell Wilson, he drives the team down. They don't even get into a third down situation until 3rd and 10 after they they take their second timeout. On 2nd and 10, it was an incomplete pass to Jacob Hollister. And you could probably even argue that that second timeout there that Pete Carroll uses after, you know, it's an incomplete pass, they're going into 3rd and 10 on the 12-yard line. You know, maybe you don't need to take that timeout there, but they do. The next play, incomplete pass to DK Metcalf, so they're on their 4th. And 10 from the 12 yard line. And John Ursua gets the ball, and he just comes up one yard short. He's down at the one
0: yard line, and that's after both teams each take a timeout. It's just an insane turn of events. And what I liked about that drive is it really seemed like the Seahawks keyed in on something that the, the 49ers were doing wrong, which I wish they could do that earlier in the game. But, 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 like uh, the entire first half, maybe? Like, like, but Homer was getting those little dump offs, and they were finding these crossing routes to Ars- Ursua and Lockett. And it just seemed like they really had figured out how to move this ball in the San Francisco defense. And, and it, it felt good. Like, I was like, uh, you know, we're moving the ball. We're moving the ball fast. And yeah, that Arsua catch. I mean, he's so close to the goal line. We're on the one inch line. And then I don't know what happened with Fant. He was, I don't know if he was hurt or if he started celebrating because he thought it was a touchdown and then was just really out of position. Like, I, I don't know what happened there, but he took it yeah, because Russell Wilson was motioning him to to get up to the line to spike the football. And yeah. you
1: heard the you heard Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, one of them mention you know, on that first and goal from the one yard line, if Russell Wilson could maybe even sneak it in from there. But I, I suppose with not having a timeout in that situation, but it was possible that they could have you
0: know gone for a sneak there and, and tried to catch the 49ers off guard. This is one of my biggest uh, Seahawks pet peeves, I guess, is that I don't think there's a quarterback sneak in the Seahawks playbook. No. Uh, I, I've i watched so many games where I've thought, hey, you know, it'd be really great here. So if we did, you know, Russell Wilson just dove down in between the center and the guard. But they don't do that. That's just not a play that we run for whatever reason. I, I don't get it it's, it's bizarre to me because if you watch across the NFL, it's one of the most sure things in football, right? Is that you can get that one, one yard from a QB sneak. Uh, but not, not if you're Seattle, I guess, I I don't know. Yeah, well, we don't know because uh, we never get to see it, but
1: then they bring in Marshawn, yes, and you have that delay a game penalty, then he goes off the field uh, when it's second and five after the delay a game and holy smokes, Russell, you think that he has Tyler Lockett there and the the play's broken up, nearly intercepted by the 49ers on the left side of the field there. It's like a really
0: throw where he i think he put it in a spot where only lockett could catch it or it was going to be incomplete because there's no way that defensive back's going to be able to catch that inbounds you know it's like he was just moving so far out yeah he had so much ground to cover that by the time he would have gotten there and then
1: been able to catch the ball and uh, get his feet down yeah there was just there was just no catching it for harris and and we did see that then uh incomplete pass. to well It says it shows up as an incomplete pass because uh, that's the pass interference play that we talked about. It doesn't
0: get reviewed by the booth. Uh, Very, very frustrating. Do you think that the defender is going to get credit with a pass defense on that play? (laughs) I mean, in the scorebook, he might because like there's no way that, that, that 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 isn't a catch if he doesn't do something.
1: Yeah, I well, I don't even see the defender named in the in the game book here uh, as far as defending the incomplete pass. So it, it looks like it, it went into the scoring book here as just as though Russell Wilson overthrew him. Apparently,
0: uh, that's uh, whatever. I, it makes it even more frustrating. Jacob Hollister. I just want to g- say this: is he, he's been really good uh, yeah. these these last six weeks, and um, this offense needs a uh, a tight end who can both competently block and run good routes and hollister has been able to do both of those things i think pretty admirably and really filled in the space that you know there's a big void left when will disley gets hurt and then ed dixon can't make his way back to kind of fill that void and we really needed someone to step up and hollister has been that guy it would have been nice to see him able to get, you know, either the pass interference call to set up the uh, the inevitable March on run or the uh, catch to, if he would have made it into the, you know, into the end zone on the next play.
1: And he does just come up an inch short and it kind of is reminiscent of of the Super Bowl between the Titans and the Rams, you know, when the Titans just one yard short of the goal line and they go back and review it. And, and sure enough, he was down just short of the goal line. But. I am kind of curious if they do call pass interference on that third and five, there's still, you know, between 12 and 15 seconds left in the game. Do you run it with Marshawn Lynch or do you try and take a couple passes? Because now it's first down with 12 seconds left.
0: Yeah, I think the right call is to pass. But we all know our guy Pete Carroll loves uh, like a story. You know what I mean? And boy, what a story would it would it have been if they ran it there with Marshawn and he punches it in you know, that's like the, like an all time story. And I, and there's something to that, you know, it's, it's, it's not the right calls to throw because you get, you know, two, maybe even three shots at the end zone. If you throw, if you run, you're, you're pretty much done. It's one play, maybe two, if you're really lucky, but it's, it's almost impossible to get, get your guys up there and and run again after that. So yeah, I, I think, but I think they run just, just because I, I, this (laughs) is the story of it. That's the kind of guy Pete Carroll is, man. He, he, that. It's the same reason like uh, just to give another example of why P. Carroll's like this. He gave Blair Walsh another chance because I think he just wanted that Blair Walsh redemption story. You know, he just he just wanted that so bad. And uh, we all saw how that worked out. (laughs) That ended in a loss uh, in the final (laughs) game of the season to Arizona. Yeah, right. Cost us a playoff spot, so I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he went for the story on this one and cost us a game again, but I, the thing about Marshawn is, is it seemed as as he got into the game, he started to get a little better and a little better. At the beginning of the game was rough. I, he, it did not look like he kind of had to shake off the rust. It's been a long time since he's played an NFL football game.
1: Well, and that's not super surprising. And you talk about the redemption story, and my first thought it went back to the end of the second quarter when the Seahawks were in that fourth and one situation. It was just after a ten yard pass to Tyler Lockett, where they come up one yard short, and they're kind of and they're in field goal position. This is that fourth and one on the thirty one yard line. The play everybody's been you know talking about, telling Pete that you know when you're in this in this type of situation where it's fourth and one, and you're on the 30 you know don't kick the the field goal that would have been what 48 yards at that point you got to go for it on fourth and one and he did and it was a handoff to marshawn lynch and it came up short
0: I th- and the thing that sucks about that play is i think going for it right there is the correct call and the lesson that pete should take from that is like tyrone Swoop should not be solo blocking <laughs> J- to joey bosa because joey bosa he sunned him on that play man he just set he like picked up swoops and set him to the side and then ran right into to get Marshawn. Yeah. The, the the lesson there should be like hey let's let's scheme a little bit so that we can maybe block uh you know nick bosa the premier defense rookie defensive end in the nfl the likely defensive rookie of the year maybe let's go ahead and uh make that happen not uh, that i the, see i hate stuff like that because i always feel like the wrong lesson is there to be learned if you choose you know you can choose your path and that, that You know, we just need a better play call there or at least a better blocking scheme or better execution by the (laughs) dudes
1: that are are, that are blocking up front, because with Marshawn Lynch, you would expect your team to be able to get one yard. And I even saw guys laying on the ground, offensive linemen who were blocking linebackers in the second level already. And I I feel like for one yard, you you just want to worry about the dudes on the defensive line. Yeah, and
0: it, I mean it was really just how badly Swoops got beat on that play too, and I don't like to bury just one guy like that because, but I mean on that particular play, he's not going to have fun watching that in the, yeah. in the in the video room. Like that's it's going to suck because he got beat really badly, and it's tough. I mean their defensive line is the best part of their football team, right? So you look at that, and you, you know they're going to it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding up front, and especially with our team, we're missing our buff tackle. You know we're missing our de- our de- offensive line has been a little shaky. We're missing our center our starting center and it's it makes everything more difficult but i thought they i thought they handled themselves well overall like if you look at the overall stats i mean we averaged over four yards a rush we threw the ball decently not not great you know on a yards per attempt basis but the the wide receivers all looked pretty good So what do you think the
1: lesson is on that fourth down play that you take away? Because now if you go back and you look at the scoreboard, the Seahawks 26-21. If they get those three points at the end of the second quarter, you know, maybe it's 26-24. Maybe they're kicking a field goal then at the end rather than trying to go for, you know, having to score the touchdown. Maybe it works out that way, but then maybe it also, you know, you're kicking a field goal on fourth down and you're leaving enough time left on the clock for the 49ers to drive down the field, too. It, it's kind of hard to play it all out, but
0: it, it's something to think about. I mean, the I think the lesson is that the lesson that you should always take away from situations like that is, is to not be results oriented in your thinking. Um, you want to be process, process oriented in, in, in terms of like, you want to pick the processes that will lead to the most wins. Right. And, uh, and if you just think about like the results, you know, like every time you throw an interception, you're just going to bury yourself. You need to move on to the, to the next play. Right. And in that particular moment I think going forward on fourth was the right call and you have to wash it if it doesn't work out you just had to wash it out and then go play defense right like you can't you can't beat yourself up and go well what if I would have done you you can't do that you that'll that'll kill you I I still like to think about it Nathan (laughs) (laughs) you like to (laughs) like to dwell on it really
1: I like to go through all that dwell on it and think about well you know what I really prefer to do is try and make the call in my own mind before they actually do it and (laughs) then, you know, and then criticize afterward or think about how I was thinking in it in the moment of, you know, was I was I emotional about it or was I thinking about it in the right way? It's I always like that sort of thinking because then because it's always easy to armchair criticize after something fails.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is that you have to look at the, You have to really think about, like, was this the the best process? I think because, yeah, right. It's easy to just look backwards and go, well, they didn't make it so they shouldn't have gone for it. And that's not necessarily necessarily true. And um, I mean, let's be honest. Outside of the first quarter, the Seahawks won this game. The first quarter was what we lost this game. They say you can't lose the game in the first quarter, but I really do feel like they lost this game in the first quarter. They came out so flat and just gave up, you know, ten easy points The they were just really dominated in the first quarter of this game. And it, it's it was all uphill from that. We had to kind of fight back from from the terrible first quarter that we had.
1: All right, Nathan, well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back to it and take a look at some of the deeper statistics in this game because we did have Marshawn Lynch coming back. I want to play the call from Steve Rabel as Marshawn Lynch goes into the end zone. We'll do that coming up next. The Seahawks fall to the San Francisco 49ers 26-21. I'm joined by Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest podcast. And we're breaking this down, getting into it. And one of the best things, you know, you talk about how in the first half the the team was just kind of slow to get into it. And it's a little bit surprising when you consider the fact that that Marshawn Lynch, you know, being introduced to the home crowd, it should have brought all the emotion in this game. And yet the team, they felt like they came out flat.
0: Yeah. And, and one third thing is that you know, Marshawn didn't get in the game until what, the seventh, eighth, eighth or ninth offensive, ninth offensive play. Yeah, it was uh, it was the second drive. He didn't come out at all for the first drive. And I, I really feel like the crowd was just waiting for it, you know, like, the, like everyone was just waiting for it. And then they did a they did a big play where Jamarco Jones reported as eligible and then they ran and he got five yards and everyone was just super pumped. And I think they should have just gotten it out of the way. He should have been on the field for the first play and they should have just ran. <laughs> Like, just, just get, be, you know, be your identity or whatever, get out there and and make it happen. But the first drive was, you know, not great. They get one yard, they punt, then San Francisco comes straight down the field, gets a field goal. And then we kind of had another bunk drive and then they, they scored again. And that Debo Samuel play, that's like the kind of play that frustrates me the most, you oh, know, because yeah. it's. Cause it's all about like discipline and like really (laughs) doing your job and just anybody and anybody takes a bad angle or one guy messes up and all of a sudden that guy's gone. And that's really what happened.
1: Yeah, and it, it, that play, it faked out the entire team. Samuel able to tiptoe along the sidelines. I thought his foot was out, but uh, inconclusive in the ruling uh, uh, when they went back and reviewed it. But uh, yeah, that just the entire defense was going to the right. They were all faked out. And even Leno Hill, you know, playing free safety, couldn't make up all that ground to even get near a tackle.
0: He took a really odd angle from his p- original position to go get it, and uh, it did not. It did not work out super great for him. I. I am. Uh, yeah, it's tough game just overall for the at uh, the beginning. In the second yeah. half, we the defense played awesome. So I. I don't know what what totally what changed, but the other thing is that replay thing. I mean, the all night the replays were not not great for us. You know, there's plays where we thought should be replayed that weren't, then they replayed that that one play with the with the. The backwards slash forwards pass, and they were trying to figure out if that was a fumble or not. Just replay officials in general, not kind to see to Seattle in this game. Well, I you know, I did say going into the
1: review of that potential fumble, he he only he didn't have it for long enough. I thought it was going to be an incomplete pass if they changed it to anything. And and sure enough, that's what they they changed it. They had there was a couple plays where KJ Wright, man, he was just on top of the dude, right? when When the guy was getting the ball, that was one situation. He had one play where he absolutely blew up
0: George Kittle. And it seemed like after that, Kittle didn't get the ball a whole lot. But Brendan, I thought George Kittle could not be tackled. (laughs) (laughs) I get so sick of people saying that and those in these broadcasts, these announcers have like these talking points that they just drive into the ground Uh And for George Kittle. That's his is that he thinks he can't be tackled and like, oh, it's so satisfying to watch him just get destroyed by KJ, Wright, And then look at my friend who was sitting next to him and just go, but I thought George Kittle couldn't be tackled. (laughs) It was a very satisfying moment for me personally.
1: I think it was satisfying for all Seahawks fans because George Kittle is probably the one guy on the 49ers that you just absolutely love to hate out of everybody. He still finishes the day, seven catches, 86 yards. Uh, Debo Samuel, five catches, 102 yards. That was my biggest problem of the day for the defense is that even with Clowney back in the game, they could not get any pressure on Jimmy
0: Garoppolo. No, and in, inconsistent consistent pressure is the way you really can beat Jimmy Garoppolo. He's mistake prone when he's under pressure. But let's be honest, they just they didn't even throw the ball hardly. Like, what do they have like fifteen pass attempts or something?
1: He finished with twenty two attempts, twenty two
0: completions. Yeah, but
1: it was all it was all short stuff for the most part. Uh, you know, the I'm trying to think of where he went
0: downfield more than about fifteen the, yards. Oh, I, I can't think use, of the use chick pass where the. Where where Jus-chick was coming in a wheel route and then he was one on one against Michael Kendricks and uh, well we've seen that all year we know what happens when our linebackers are soloed up against guys they shouldn't be I mean Kittle had a really good catch when he was soloed up on on Bobby and it, like that stuff is just we're kind of hanging our linebackers out to dry when we make them do all these do this all the time and that it sucks because they're talent it's a talented linebackers group but they're being asked to do things that they're not the you know that's not in their particular skill set. And Michael Kendricks nursing a knee injury,
1: he ends up going out of the game and you hope he's okay. But uh, I would like to see them maybe when Michael Kendricks can't play, play more uh, nickel defense. But it seems like they want Cody Barton in there when Michael Kendricks isn't. For whatever reason,
0: I'm not, you know, I'm not there at practice. I'm not and I don't so I don't know. But for whatever reason, Ugo Amadi seems to just not be uh, in the circle of trust yet. In terms of can I can he play every down on defense? And I don't know what he needs to do to get in the circle of trust, but I I hope he does it because I I do think that's a a big difference maker that, you know, potentially in the playoffs or into next year that Ugo Amadi is a guy that seems it seems like they brought him in to play nickel cornerback. And that can be a big difference between what we saw in the regular season and what and maybe it's just they don't trust the guys covering up behind him. You know, like maybe if Quandre Diggs is in the game, then they they have a lot of trust in Quandre Diggs. You can tell right from the start like that. They really trust him to, you know, run the back end of that defense. Maybe if he's there, they do put Amadi in and they say, you know, okay, well, if he messes up, at least we have Quandre back there. And that that may make a difference, too. (laughs) It's funny that you use that phrase circle of trust because it it really does. Feel that way with Pete Carroll, you
1: know, a guy like John Ursua, who has taken all this time to get out on the field. He finally gets one catch and it nearly goes for a touchdown in this game. You, you wonder if now, well, they're probably going to have to use him more because uh, Jerron Brown went out to injury in this game. We even saw Tyler Lockett. It looked like he hurt his arm in this game. So it'll be curious to see how he comes out
0: uh, after after this particular game. Yeah, they leaned on DK in this game in terms yeah. of just that doing mean, 12 targets is a is a boatload for us, for our rookie wide receiver, especially in our system. So it's a, they leaned on him because they, like you said, the guys are just dropping left and right. And it, that's the, kind of the story of the season, right? It feels like um, every time we start to build a little momentum, guys just start getting hurt. And I don't know what the deal is with that. You know, it's funny. We brought up
1: the idea of consistent pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you look at the stat line and Garoppolo has two sacks. Russell Wilson only has one. I know that that sacks don't correlate to pressure, but you
0: wouldn't get that just from looking at the page. I I think that's interesting. Relatively decent night staying clean. And one thing I really liked is that in a lot of plays where where he, you know, he stayed in the he stays in the pocket for a long time, but he climbed the pocket really well and was running forward with that great pass where he was, you know, at the line of scrimmage, with just his foot behind the line (laughs) through the pass. I mean, he did a good job of, of, you know, really looking like a like the MVP that we would expect him to be. Yeah, that one going
1: to the back of the end zone to Tyler Lockett in the third quarter. But probably my favorite play of the game, Nathan. My favorite play was Marshawn Lynch on the goal line in the fourth quarter. Two tight ends. Single wide out is Lockett. Marshawn in the backfield. Marshawn goes up over the top. He's in! leap and just imagine what Marshawn Lynch must be feeling like right now getting a chance to come back and play for a team that he led to the Super Bowl and now to score it's 1913 the Niners Steve Rabel Seahawks radio network on the call do
0: you think Marshawn could have jumped any higher
1: on that play <laughs> I don't think so I that he jumped so high (laughs) i looked like
0: he was flexing too like as he jumped you know like he was doing a pose or something i don't know it was great it was great i thought when we went back and watched the replay that we were going to see
1: the crotch grab at the as he was going that high in the air but as it turns out not so much
0: yeah no it's a Is i mean it's great to see him back he's like he's going into the ring of honor he's definitely a legend it's just it's it's awesome. Every time it was such a joy to see him play in a Seahawks uniform one last time, even if, you know, we didn't get the win. And like I think I said this on my podcast last week, but I just I had lost all hope for the season kind of and something about having Marshawn Lynch back made it made made me feel hope again. I don't know. It's like weird. <laughs> it's just he's 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 one of a kind. He's he's the best. Yeah,
1: it just and it made you feel like, you know, just uh A fan again, having Marshawn there. And I I don't know, it's just such a different feeling. I know he's at the tail end of his career and I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. You know, somebody asked me on the radio this week what I expected from him. I said about 10 carries, 40 yards, and that would feel like a success to me. He finishes with 12 carries for 34 yards and he gets the
0: touchdown. But it was the it was the touchdown that really sealed the deal for me and made it such a great moment you do feel like he was building momentum as the game went on, which is a classic Marshawn Lynch trait, right? Just to yeah, that 15 yard run uh, late in the game over and over and over again. Isn't that what he, <laughs> what he said? Hit him in the mouth, yep. right? So you gotta, you gotta hit him in the mouth. And uh, I, I look forward to what he, to what he can do next week in Philadelphia. I think that, him and homer make a made a nice little uh, one-two punch homer looked really good especially in the passing game catching the ball and i think that they they could really work good together what the team needs to really make sure is that you know they're not tipping off whether they're running or passing with the personnel because that is a problem that we ran and have run into before and uh it's something that you know you don't you don't want to do you don't want the defense to be uh to be keyed into what you're doing
1: yeah, and just going off the top of my head, I felt like they made a pretty good mix of it, whether mm-hmm. Marshawn was in there. He was in there during some passing situations, too. Yeah, And they finished the game with 125 rushing yards on 30 attempts. Russell Wilson has eight of those carries for 29 yards. You know, a lot of those just short runs up the middle. It felt like Nick Bosa was tackling him by the ankles every time
0: he got just a few yards. But he picked up some important first downs, too. And Homer Homer had a couple of nice draws at the end too, where you know you 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 get those big chunk yards of ten yards, eight yards, nine yards, and he ended up with like what ten for sixty two. Yeah, I thought they did a good job mixing it up. And the Russell Wilson actually kept a couple times on designed runs, which is not something I think we've seen a, a ton of in the last year or two. And that's <laughs> one exciting. of them. I
1: was a little bit mad for keeping because it was a run like right up the middle.
0: Yeah, it was, it was like whoa. Yeah, he had to like dodge <laughs> three do guys that? just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but good game all around except for the result obviously it's a little disappointing but i thought as the game wore on the seahawks started to look really really good and if the game was five quarters long we definitely would have (laughs) won Does that does that make it, you feel better?
1: No, no, it it doesn't make me feel any better. What makes me feel better though is the fact that this team has played so much better on the road than it has at home. So now we have a seven and one football team, and you know I think a lot of Seahawks fans were worried that San Francisco was going to come in, blow the doors off of the Seahawks, and then we we're just going to end up with that same disappointing feeling that we had after last week. But I feel hopeful going on the road now to the Philadelphia Eagles and you know with a road warrior type football team I kind of like the way it sets up get the win in Philly and you have to expect that the Vikings will lose to the New Orleans Saints and then
0: the Seahawks get their chance at revenge back in Santa Clara in a couple weeks yeah it's it's two stadiums they've already won in this year which is you know very promising on some level and there's something about this team where you know, we're not the best team this year. It's not the it's not the best roster on the, right. in the NFL or anything like that. But there's something about this particular group of, of players that has the ability to keep every game close and every game is is uh, is exciting. And the the team clearly can, can. I don't know. There's something special about these guys. That they can really put it together and, and get into any game. You know, maybe that that's Russ. You know, maybe that's Russell Wilson and the the kind of player that he really is. He's at the end of the game, man. He was just moving the ball, and the offense was just going. Yeah, it's it's an exciting team. I'm really I'm I, and I'm, not, I'm sad that we didn't win. It would have been great to have a home playoff game, but I don't think it's o. I think I don't think this is over.
1: You know, you mentioned how it seemed like they were rolling in the second half. They finished the day eight of 14. They were two of six on third down and finished the day eight of 14. So much better on third down in the second half. It just you wish they could have brought that energy that they had in the second half earlier on in the game. Yeah, you don't want to lose the game in the in the first quarter. But, uh, you know, yeah, giving up 10 points right off the bat to the 49ers, uh, tough to overcome. But now they go into Philadelphia next Sunday And that's going to be a 1.40 p.m. Pacific start time, so not even the early game for us. The the NFL pushes the team back a a couple hours, so a little bit nicer for them, I suppose. Although I kind of like how we've been winning now in
0: in the... 10 a.m. starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like it used to be, you know, where that used to be like the kiss of death the last couple last right. two years, really. It's been it's been not as bad as it used to be. And I just want to say, if you have a friend who's a 49ers fan and they try to like rub it in, you know, they try to like needle you a little bit. Just remind them that that was the first time they've beaten us in our stadium since 2011. And since realignment, we're like 13 and we're like 24 and 13 against them. So, you know, just tell them, go think about your Super Bowls from when you were four years old back in the day, you know, because that, that, they haven't won anything in so long They're <laughs> Let them have this. They need this more than do we they, do. I,
1: you know, I, I had to call out my Fairweather fan friend who texted me for, I don't know, probably the first time in a couple of years uh, to brag about the fact that the 49ers won the division. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying. They, I wish that we would have got the win, but
0: because uh, because then I wouldn't have had to hear about it yeah i mean they think saying bang bang niner gang is cool like that's all you really need to know about 49ers fans it's like just roll your eyes and be like okay buddy good job you know like is that a new thing because i don't feel like i've ever heard that before yeah go don't don't how have you avoided that on twitter man i feel like every time i talk about the 49ers on twitter somebody's in my mentions like bang bang niner gang and i'm like no i mean until this season though and i feel like the second half of the season it's definitely new to this season. This is it's, something
1: that George Kittle came up. It's it definitely sounds like something that dude would come up with. Yeah. Or it's Nick Bosa.
0: Maybe it's one of those idiots. One of those yeah.
1: two. It was a collaboration
0: of <sighs> uh, Nick, Nick Bosa and George Kittle. God, those guys. They're like, it's like a professional wrestling tag team. It's not like a, they're barely, they're barely like real people. It's like, it's like they're like characters. I don't even understand it. It's so bizarre. Um, but you know what? I, I'm excited because like you said, we get to go into their stadium. Maybe it'll be just, you know, like remember when we ate when uh, Richard Sherman ate the turkey leg on their logo. I really feel like it could be another one of those situations where we just demoralize them and like ruin their franchise. And then in the off season, we beat them in that game. And then in the off season, they lose their defensive coordinator and all, all is right in the world. <laughs> so just let them have this moment. This is this is the end of it for them, I think. Yeah, uh, it could be. It could be. You know, it, uh, it, it
1: wouldn't make me sad to see the Seahawks continue to go on to have success and yet another uh, team that, you know, wins the division randomly one year fall back into obscurity once again. So I, I don't want to get too far ahead and look forward to that 49ers Seahawks game before it even happens, because they do have work to do to go on and take the Eagles. But, you know, as fans,
0: you know, why why can't we look ahead at least a couple of weeks? Uh, allow allow me to dream, please. <laughs> please. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's a, the Philadelphia game is going to be awesome. I, they're, they're they're dealing with a significant number of injuries, just like we are. And in the postgame press conference, Pete Carroll said Quandre Diggs is expected to be back. So oh, nice. I, that, that's the big him and you know Dwayne Brown are, the, I think, the two big guys we missed the most in this game yeah. uh, if Dwayne Brown's in this game. I think that they get zero sacks instead of even one. And that makes a big difference in their power run game that we tried to establish with Marshawn Lynch, you know, that we just really couldn't get going until the second half. That that game that might have been a, an easier get. If uh, if we have Dwayne and Quandre makes a big difference for, to this defense. I think they they really look different on defense with the uh, the the safety net back there that is Quandre Diggs and the way he just diagnoses the play and just destroys people. So if he's back next week, I look for the Seahawks defense to look significantly better than they looked this week. Yeah, if he can go into the next game
1: healthy, if Jadavion Clowney can be, you know, what he was in this game and, and and
0: give the team something against the Eagles. Speaking of Clowney, what does he have to do to get a holding call, man? Like, the, I, swear to, I swear to God, every single play he's getting hooked around the head and like, it's just, it's just drives me nuts. I'm like, I understand he's a phenomenal athlete and they have to do something to try to stop him, but he is just getting the crap beat out of him on every play. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I think the the refs wanted to let this game play out. I don't like a whole
1: lot of penalty calls, but uh, and and there wasn't. You
0: know, maybe it uh, saved us from like 15 Effetti holding calls on the other side that I didn't notice as much. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, what did we have? The one was it a false start by Effetti? Yeah, that, that was the one a moment in this game. And then yeah. there was a hold on the inside by uh, you. Potty you potty. that negated a touchdown to, to David Moore yeah he yupati's been good in the run game uh he's been up and down in the past game this year i I like to see him level out a little bit for the playoffs, I hope
1: and you know looking back to that penalty on yupati, I think we probably are feeling uh worse about it if Russell doesn't get that touchdown in there to lock it uh, you know, just barely has his foot uh, behind the the line as he releases the ball so
0: it it worked out yeah everything it and that's in that case, not totally. There's so many, there's so many times where this game just like, you know, like I said, it just rode on the razor's edge, man. We were just right on the, ever, if you look at the, the final team statistics, everything's just pretty, pretty even, except for we won time of possession, especially in the second half, we crushed them. So it's, it was close. It was close. We had it, we had a chance. Um, you could say we should have won. I I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, the, the non-call and the, we're just an inch away from catching a ball in the end zone with John Arsua there. So. Yeah. One other play that I had in my notes to talk about, too, that
1: that catch on third and five by Debo Samuel, where he makes contact with Griffin and then, you know, runs to the outside and Garoppolo hits him for a big game there on third and five. You know, if if that play, if it goes another way, then, you know, then maybe the 49ers are only kicking a field goal in that situation. And Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it works out differently. There's just yeah, there's so many plays that you
0: can look back to, especially in a close game like this and just wonder what if. Like, like I said, you can't kill yourself over last week. You know, we we know what we have to do now, right? We have to win three road games. We have to be like the uh, the Eli Manning Giants, right? We have to go right. on the road. We have to win some games. And uh, hopefully that can get us to a Super Bowl. I mean, if you look at the teams that are left, there's, I think, like six or seven of them who have a decent chance to get win a Super Bowl. And I, I definitely would include the Seahawks as one of them. You know, there there's a lot of potential in this team and we we have the best or second best quarterback, depending on how you want to think about it in the league. So anything is possible. The sky, the, the sky is What What Michael Jordan say? The roof is the ceiling. Isn't that, is what, that said? what it is? I think <laughs> I don't remember. I, he said something stupid like that. Like the, <laughs> the roof is the ceiling or something like
1: that. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a lot of flawed teams in the playoffs and, you know, the Seahawks are certainly one of them, but, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they barely get in Minnesota. They're having trouble. I don't think they're going to be able to get out of the first round. New Orleans, I felt like, was the best team going into the playoffs. They end up as the number three seed now. They're going to have to play next weekend against the Vikings and then go on the road. And so it's uh, yeah, just and the Packers. They were down by two touchdowns to the Lions. I think as Seahawks fans, we were all rooting for the for the potential that the Lions were going to get that win and the Seahawks were going to have a chance at a buy. But uh, Aaron Rodgers able to come back and get that win over the Lions. Uh, I think as Seahawks fans, we went into this 49ers game frustrated, you know, based on a loss by the Detroit Lions.
0: Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why they came out a little flat because maybe maybe hey, that, they're all rooting for that. Yeah, because they could have. They could all, all been sitting around the locker room watching that game, just being like, "Come on, Lions!" And then it's just like oh man you know that I mean that 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 did suck it sucked bad I was really disappointed by that result and it was tough because the Lions looked good in the first half but you know their quarterbacks David Blau and uh, I don't know, <laughs> right. really, I, I really probably should have tempered my expectations based on that from the start.
1: All right, Nathan. Well, really want to thank you for coming on the show. I know after a loss, but definitely a lot to talk about in this game against the 49ers. And I know you guys are going to be talking about it on the Seahawks Nest coming up. Where do people go
0: to listen in? Yeah, You can uh, head over follow us on Twitter at Seahawks Nest or uh, just search for Seahawks Nest podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, yeah, we're out. We're out there. Yeah. Um, Hope you enjoyed the the enjoy enjoy our show. Especially the it's like a banter based program though, to be honest with you. So if you're not into that kind of thing, <laughs>
1: maybe don't maybe maybe give it a pass. That that is not the kind of promotion, you know, the the solid promotion you need going out the door. Tune in, tune in to the, the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Check Nathan out, check out his co-host, it's a good show. And subscribe to this show, com slash
0: NFL podcast. Yeah, I definitely do that, too. Yeah. Hit, hit up the Field Goals podcast on your uh, podcast feed if you are already, you know, if you just found if you found this, I, I kind of
1: feel like if you're a Seahawks fan, you just subscribed to all the all the Seahawks podcasts already. Yeah, it's kind of a given.
0: I felt like at some point, like there was like a tipping point where some people started to listen to there's like a like a nice clump of like six podcasts that like basically everyone listens to uh, now, which is good. I, I I listen to most of them and I think they're all pretty decent, so. Well, yeah, you can't just listen back to yours over and over.
1: There's, you know, so many hours in the week that you have to fill it with Seahawks football somehow. Yeah. Now I, I have a commute to work now, so I have to, I've been listening to more podcasts than I than I used to. There you go. Well, uh, later this week, be sure to check out three in three out with me and Clinton Bonner. Go on Twitter, follow at Clinton Bond, follow at Seahawker's podcast. Use the hashtag three. I 30 tell us your favorite moments from this game. Tell us your worst moments from the game and we'll get to them in the show, Nathan. And with that. Let's get on out of here. We're looking forward to the game next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! My favorite play was Marshawn Lynch on the goal line in the fourth quarter. Second down and eight. Homer now swings out of the backfield, right side. Russell's going to throw it dark. He does touchdown. Seahawks. DK Metcalf. That's not. That's not the
0: one. That's not the one. You missed it. Strike one. dragon. You
1: can clown. You can clown me all you want here because uh,
0: this this isn't going into the into the final cut. I know that's the thing. And on my podcast, I would leave it in because I think stuff like that's funny.